Want a holiday gift your employees or clients will actually love? Send them gourmet peanuts from Hubbard Peanut Company. Hubs Peanuts is a family-owned company that's been making high-quality, delicious peanuts and sending them to every corner of the globe since 1954. Order some of Hub's plain, salted, or chocolate-covered peanuts in a special gift tin for the perfect gift for your friends, employees, clients, or even yourself. Visit hubspeanuts.com. That's H-U-B-S-peanuts.com. Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com renew to learn more. Oslo.com NHL DFS strategy show. We've got another nice slate, big prizes, and uh, it's a Saturday. So what more can you ask for? I'm Jake Hari. I'm joined by my Saturday partner in crime, Slim Cliffy. What's up, man? 
Not a whole lot. Uh, yeah, weather's starting to get a bit nice. Sun is shining. Uh, you know, Josh and I were talking earlier this week. The weather's starting to turn. Maybe our luck's starting to turn as well. Um, was a weird night last night. <laughs> I know we're going to talk about it in a little bit, but um, for people coming over from NBA, uh, you kind of got a taste of what it's like to not know what the lineups are going to be like till 30 minutes before they start. Yeah, we didn't get clarity on Tampa lines. Tampa ended up being the nuts. A lot of uh, people got there with the incorrect lines, which was a little bit frustrating to see, but that kind of thing happens. Um, Killorn had a big night. Uh, we had a McKinnon scratch. That was miserable for me. I had a bunch of McKinnon. I was very excited to play Colorado. Uh, Boston one went off early and then ended up not really being the nut line, which was a little bit surprising after the first hour into the slate. Um, so yeah, it was kind of all over the place. Congrats to any of the winners. Is there anything else you wanted to mention about last night or should we get on to today? It's, it's a new day. Yeah. Just, uh, I'll just be, you know, just be aware. A lot of the teams that played last night are also going to be on the slate tonight. So there's going to be a lot of information we might not know, but we'll touch on those as we get to those games. Yeah. A lot of back-to-backs again, if you weren't listening yesterday, if you're new to NHL DFS, first of all, welcome. Thank you for joining. Um, but we're going to have a lot of uh, back-to-backs uh, this week. We have them pretty much all season. A lot of these teams are playing series. So I think it's probably a good thing from like a recency bias. Like if you're plugged in a uh, recency bias standpoint, you know, a team will get outplayed, but score a handful of goals next night, same thing. And you can kind of see, uh, you kind of double down on some of the lines that you liked in the last game. Had they not performed well, get off some of the ones that may have outperformed um, actually how well they were playing. So we're going to have a few of those situations tonight. We got an early slate underway. Did you play the early? Uh, no, I didn't play just a, you know, crunch for time here, but uh, hopefully, hopefully people stack Pittsburgh one. Cause it looks like they're doing pretty well. Then Barzell had that sick goal. Yeah. Yeah. Barzell really nasty goal there between the legs. Um, yeah. I, I played, I, I think I was a little underweight on pit one, which was surprising. It was kind of scrambling at lock um but anyways yeah hopefully i mean there were pretty good contests for that it was closer to like a main slate for any normal night so i think there were a couple 10ks to first um so you know we'll be sweating that as we go along all the games are underway i took all those games out of the projections so now you just got the eight game main slate projections are free for today for anyone if you want to try us out uh get a peek behind the paywall projections for nhl dfs are free today also mma ownership projections are going to be free today if you're watching the fights um here there's uh, some good ones uh in the title fight massive favorite our producer tyler was talking about so uh feel free to check out the mma projections and then uh i believe there will be an mma live before lock um a little bit later today we had nascar earlier obviously nhl right now and then uh let me let me check what time MMA locks at. It is okay. It's a four fifteen, five fifteen Eastern lock, so it'll be right on uh, right after us. So we'll get out of their way uh, once we get through these eight games. Then the MMA guys will take you up to lock. I think that's all we got on the front end. Just want to mention if you guys want to help support us, if you like what we do, uh, feel free to subscribe to the channel. That's the best way you can help us for free. Uh, if you want to join, if you got any questions, feel free to hit me up on Twitter. My handle's below me. My DMs are open if you got questions about the uh, 
packages, NHL, platinum, or otherwise, uh, I will be around unless you message me five minutes before lock, I might miss it. So, you know, there's like what, 23 hours and five minutes where I'll respond pretty quickly. But uh, if you message me right around lock, probably won't get to it. And sometimes I miss them. So I apologize if I've missed anybody's DMs. Your DMs are open too, right, Cliffy? They can hit oh, you yeah. up. Oh, well. yeah. Yep. So feel free to jump in Twitter or Slack. Feel free to message yeah. me anytime. Same thing as Jake. Like if it's really close to lock, I uh, might not get to it, but usually I'm around all day. Yeah. Yeah. Basically live in front of the computer these days. But weather's getting a little nicer, so might have to venture outside. Uh, it's been about a year and a half since I've been outside, it feels like. <laughs> Let's start with the game that we saw last night, Minnesota Wild and Arizona Coyotes. 3.0 implied total for the Wild, 2.4 for the Yotes. It is going to be Cam Talbot and Darcy Kemper, I believe, is going for the Yotes. It was Ranta last night. Uh, it was Kakinen for the Wild. Uh, so you'd expect the other goalies to start on the back-to-back. Arizona swapped their lines again last night. We don't really know what's going on with them. They don't have a beat writer that travels or, well, I don't know if they don't travel or they just don't tweet out the lines. Usually we get some uh, clarity on at least how they're going to start the game from the Arizona Coyotes official Twitter account. But after that, uh, you kind of don't know with them. We do know what Minnesota is going to do. They're going to go with Erickson at Greenway, Felino, Rask, Kaprizov, and... Zuccarello and then Bukestad with Parisi and Fiala. Those lines pretty much stuck the whole game last night. I'm assuming you like something on the Minnesota side here. So you want to talk about the wild? Yeah, I I mean, the thing with – what's really bothering me with Minnesota is Joel Erickson at kind of being pushed down into his, his role from last year. Um, last year he was on the third line with Jordan Greenway and Marcus Foligno or, you know, they're, they mixed in different people, but he was on the third line basically is in a shutdown role and they, they moved him back there uh, with Greenway and Marcus Foligno. And it kind of sucks because he's, he's a really good setter. Like you could say he's one of the breakout stars uh, um, mm-hmm. of the season so far. Uh, but you know, th- now that they've changed around their lines, they put Nick Bukestad, uh with Parise and Fiala. I think Bukestad scored last night. So, I mean, he's he's sick pass from Kaprizov. Yeah, he's he's a he's a decent player, but he's not nearly as good as Joel Erickson at. So that's that's just kind of what's tamping down my excitement uh, for Minnesota a little bit here tonight. Is like I think it's probably optimal for them from a, a winning games perspective, but it's not optimal for us mm-hmm. from a DFS perspective. Uh, I do like uh, the Bukestad, Parise, Fiala line. Like, I, um, I think you mentioned it yesterday. Yeah. Uh, Fiala is one of those guys. He's good enough to generate offense either on his own or drag a line along with him. Uh, so I don't mind uh, using those guys at all. Um, I'm more focused on like Erickson Eck, uh, and Felino or Erickson Eck and Greenway because I think it's a nice two-man. Like they have a long history of, of playing really well together. Like there's a reason why they're a shutdown line is because they are excellent. Um, shutting down the opposition, but could also score um, at the on the other end. So I'm mixing like some two mans of like Erickson at Greenway, Erickson at Foligno, that type of thing. Maybe throwing on Ryan Suter because Ryan Suter's playing heavy power play one minutes now. Um, you know he was up to 24 minutes last game. He's still at 3700, I think, on DraftKings. So uh, I'm throwing Suter in with those guys. But that's about it that I have from the Minnesota side. Like Kaprizov and Zuccarello, I agree. Like I won't say that any that people are, are dumb for playing them. You know, they look really good together. 
Um, their on-ice shooting percentage is over 21%. Uh, to put into perspective how high that is, if they were to shoot half that, they would be among the elite in the league. Like, they, it's, they're just on an, a crazy, crazy percentage bender right now. And you kind of want to catch those guys when they're on them. So, like, I wouldn't say don't play them because maybe it lasts for another game. Uh, but th- I don't like playing guys that are on benders. I like playing guys that are actually just yeah. performing well. So that's why I'm going more to Erickson Eck, Felino. They're a little bit more reliable. On the Arizona side, like you said, they changed their lines. Um, Schmaltz and Garland started the game with Kessel, finished the game with Kajula, mixed around a bunch of other guys. I would say if you're going to stack um, Arizona, I would just focus on the power play guys because um, Minnesota does take a fair amount of penalties or top 10 uh, by time shorthanded this year. So, you know, Schmaltz, uh, Keller, Garland, Dvorak, uh, Chikrin, like some mix, some three-man mix of those five guys is probably what I would go to if I want to stack Arizona because we just don't know what the lines are going to be and the safest court, the safest course of action would just be stacking the power play. Yeah, I think that's the, probably the way to go with Arizona. You're, you're going to know lines maybe like five or at most ten minutes before for Arizona, at least how they're going to start. But, again, we just don't know what's going to happen afterwards. Um the wild side, I think I'm going back to the Parisi Fiala, at least duo. If you want to add in Bukestad for 2,700, no problem with stacking the full line. So there's three, definitely three playable lines for Minnesota. It's not like my favorite spot, but I'd prefer to get to the Minnesota side for cheap rather than the Arizona side uh, for cheap if I could only have one side here. Um, so I'll, I'll say that. I mean, the Minnesota's got playmakers uh, – well, they've got – two really good playmakers, Kaprizov and Fiala, uh, more of a scorer Fiala is, but Kaprizov making a ton of plays, putting guys in really good positions to score. And so maybe that's why their shooting percentage is so high right now, obviously not sustainable. Um, but he, he's, I mean, he's still underpriced. I think for 4,400 playing power play one was Zuccarello. So no issue going to uh, any of the top three lines for Minnesota. I think I'm focused a little bit more on, uh, the Rask line and the Bukestad line as filler full stacks. You mentioned Suter, 3,700 for him. He's just playing a lot of minutes. I mean, his shot rates aren't fantastic. Um, he doesn't block a ton of shots, but uh, enough to get by for that price. So he's just going to play a lot of minutes um, for a guy that's under 4K. Spurgeon and Dumba are probably the better one-offs, still cheap enough for both of those guys. Um, yeah, more more of your one-off options there. Chikrun pretty quiet last night, uh, 6,300 for him, a little bit expensive, but if you're stacking Yotes, uh, he would probably be the number one defenseman to get to. I think that's all I've got on this game. You got anything more? Yeah. Just the last thing I want to add, like I was telling you before the show, Arizona has an expected goal share 41.7% over the last month. Like bad teams are at like 45, 46%. 41% is like, you you should be getting rolled over pretty much every single night, and they have been. Their goal share is forty um, percent. So this Arizona is just not a good team. Um, that's why we're pretty high um, on Minnesota, even though it's back to back and on the road. Yep. People mentioning the ownership for uh, Mark Andre Fleury, who did not start last night, uh, and he was fourteen uh, percent. Uh, someone says in chat, and then. Uh, I think people are talking about McKinnon as well. He was like over 10%. You had 30 minutes to react. Like people just do not uh, pay attention to NHL that much. And you got a lot of NBA people, maybe they're not paying attention. So it's as important as ever. Uh, just don't take zeros. And I think you're going to be in a good spot, at least for the next week. Um, if you can just stay on top of that, set an alarm. If you're unsure about lines or unsure about 
you know, game time decisions, probably going to have a handful of those tonight. So be aware, be in Slack. Uh, that's the best place to go. Turn on uh, Slack alerts and uh, you'll have a much better chance of not taking zeros with you guys. Let's go to the Jets and the Canadiens. 2.6 implied total for the Jets. Three for Montreal. Hellebuck and Price are your goalies. We saw this one a couple nights ago. I'll do my Montreal spiel here. They're amazing at five on five. They cannot stay out of the penalty box. So I get it if you want to stack one. Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com slash renew to learn more. Winnipeg, I think Winnipeg is probably going to get run over at 5-on-5 five five, as they have a bunch of times this season. The third line in this game two nights ago was especially bad for the Jets. Um, on the Montreal side, just general notes, Toffoli was skating with Kotka Niemi and Josh Anderson, who looks like he's going to be back tonight. So, yeah, I see you nodding your head. You're going to like that line, I think, uh, getting some of this Winnipeg depth. And then got to know Tatar Gallagher, one of the better possession lines in the NHL over the last handful of years. Suzuki with Armia and Druen, uh, that's fully correlated on the second line. So a lot to parse through on the Montreal side. Only a three total. Um, that's probably more to do with just Hellebuck being very good. Um, what are you liking on this Montreal side? It seems like there's a bit, a bunch of different directions to go. Yeah, there is a lot to like here. Um, that top line, Dano, Tatar, Gallagher. Um, I, I like that line because they're going to go um, probably into the second line from Winnipeg. If you look at the line matching from the last game, this is where it's going to kind of mess me up because the line matching from the last game had Suzuki, Druin, and Toffoli mm-hmm. um, out against the top line for Winnipeg, but um, obviously that line's different now. Joel Armie is there. Josh Anderson's down on the third line with Toffoli and Kakaniemi. I'm assuming Montreal's top six just takes the top six from Winnipeg and then the third line takes the third line. Like I I really like this third line for Montreal here tonight. Kakaniemi Anderson to Foley like to Foley he's just flat out one of the best goal scorers in the league like he's not Pasternak Ovechkin Matthews but he's probably in that next tier below them um it's just that he was stuck he was like we talked about on the show this year he was stuck in Los Angeles without a playmaking center for so mm-hmm. long uh he goes to Montreal he gets Kakaniemi and Anderson tonight Kakaniemi like he might be a better center for these guys than Suzuki is. Like we talk about shot assists and for NBA people or people new to the NHL show, shot assists is a, is a metric that um, some people track and it's how often a player finds a teammate in the offensive zone with a pass that leads to a shot. So just passes that leads to shots. It's a pretty good uh, indicator of future goals. So it's something that we like to use uh, in projections. Yes. Barry Kakaniemi was, uh, in his brief and you know in I want to say his brief NHL tenure but it's not like he has no games played right like Kakaniemi is up to 137 mm-hmm. career games his shot assist rate is in the 97th percentile of the league like he is excellent at finding teammates the problem is is that he just doesn't get a lot of ice time right he's averaging under 14 minutes a night uh, with Anderson and Toffoli there I think that's a fantastic line combination for them. And like I said, they're going to get probably the third and fourth lines from the Jets. 
Uh, the Jets' third line has a 42 expected goal share so far this year. They've just been getting buried. Like, that's nothing to worry about. Like, if you look at the defense pairs, Neil Pionk, Derek Forbord, Nathan Beaulieu, like, there is just absolutely nothing to be concerned about uh, defensively for the Jets. So I love Kakaniemi, Anderson, Toffoli here. Yeah, they don't have power play correlation, but the Jets don't take a ton of penalties anyways. They're, like, 30th in the league for time shorthanded. So if you're if you're stacking Montreal, it's not necessarily for the power play correlation anyway. So if you want to leave Toffoli off and just two-man Kakaniemi, Anderson, they're cheap enough, like 7,600 on DraftKings. They're, it's a really cheap two-man. Um, I, I don't mind doing that as well. So I'm probably going to leave Suzuki, Armia, Jouin alone for tonight. I don't mind using them because they're probably good. They're correlated. Uh, they're going to skate together five on five. They're cheap. Uh, I don't, wouldn't begrudge uh, for using them. I just, I think they might uh, struggle to score goals. So it, for me, it would be the top line, Dano, Tatar, Gallagher uh, for Montreal, or the third line, Kakaniemi, Anderson, uh, Toffoli. On the Winnipeg side, same thing uh, as the last game, power play stack. Uh, Shifley, Wheeler, Stasny, Connor, Morrissey, some combination of those guys. Montreal still uh, one of the most penalized teams in the league, uh, and they give up uh, amongst the most goals. Their expected goals against on the penalty kill is also bad. It's just a bad penalty kill with too many penalties. So Winnipeg power play, I love, I like them a lot here again tonight. Uh, Montreal one and three for me. I don't have anything to add uh, on the Winnipeg side. This game's pretty much all about Montreal for me. And it's the even strength lines. Montreal is not a team I look to really stack on the power play too often, especially on a bigger slate like this. I think the majority of their scoring uh, is going to come from the, uh, from even strength, just dominating at five on five. If you do see an outlier performance. So line one, line three, I'm right there with you. Line two, the Suzuki line, like, you know, they've got the flashy power play one tags, but again, it's not, that important for a team like Montreal it definitely helps you know you'd like them to be more correlated but I think that's like people are going to end up leaving off uh Anderson or uh Deneau or you know Tatar someone like that on a lot of these full line stacks so I like the full line stacks from one and three um these defensemen for Montreal are just really expensive Weber and Petrie um I probably prefer Weber for a little bit cheaper but Right now, I'm not getting to much of either of those guys. Morrissey, a guy I usually just play with Winnipeg power plays uh, or Winnipeg one stacks. And uh, I don't think I'm going to get to too many of those tonight. I I don't know. Winnipeg has just been tilting me uh, off a cliff so far this season. So we'll, we'll see if that continues, but I'm going to continue to attack them here. Yeah, I, um, I will too. And I'm glad you mentioned going to Weber because remember – Earlier in the season, we talked about how Shea Weber wasn't shooting much. He had 26 shots in his first 15 games. He has 26 shots in his last seven games now, averaging nearly four shots a game over his last seven. Um, He has three shot bonuses in his last 10 as well. So remember Montreal had six days off. So maybe he just had some sort of nagging injury that just needed a little bit of time. And he looks like the Shea Weber at least shot-wise, of a few years ago. So I don't mind him. Josh Morrissey, like, do you know he has he doesn't have a shot bonus or a three-point game yet this year, and he's played almost every single minute on the top power play for Winnipeg? I believe it. I mean, he's just not very involved in their story. Right. So, like, like you know, if you want to put in Morrissey, I guess it's fine because it's only 4,300, but I want people to know, like, it's not like he, he's not a must to include on your power play stacks like you would elsewhere. Like with Toronto, like with Quinn Hughes, you definitely include him in Vancouver in those types of scenarios. But Josh Morrissey doesn't fit that bill. 
Yep. We got a super chat from our boy, Matt Nihas. He says the detail and commitment is stellar. Thanks for what you guys do. Appreciate it, man. $5, a $4.99 super chat there, not $5. Uh, Thank you. Very generous of you, Matt. Um, Didn't have a question, but I'm sure, you know, Ricard Raquel night, he's been touting uh, Raquel to me. And so uh, we'll, we'll talk about Raquel for Nihas a little bit later. Let's go to, what are we at? Toronto, Vancouver, 3.7 applied total for the Leafs, 2.7 for the Canucks, Anderson, and Demko. Uh, those, neither of those guys are confirmed right now, but those are who we're expecting. Okay, this is another weird one where it, it's tripping me up because Vancouver is usually a West Coast start. This is like a late afternoon game there. It's a 7 Eastern start, so it doesn't really matter. Um Pedersen not expected to play. Is that right? Yeah. No. It's well. I, I haven't seen anything for sure. I'm expecting he's out again. Okay. Yeah, he was kind of a late scratch. Uh, two was it two or three nights ago. Um, which I've been burned by the late scratches a couple times. I think I was very heavy on Vancouver. The Pedersen line. He got scratched last night. It was McKinnon. He got scratched. So uh, I'm going to try to avoid having my highest exposed lines. Okay. Confirmed uh, out. Missing guys. He's confirmed out. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's good to know. So then we think they're going to go Horvat, Pearson, Vertanen, Miller with uh, centering Brock Besser and Nils Hoglander. Third lines, you know, you got Sutter and your boy Godet. So if you wanted to dip down there, but third line for Toronto has been pretty good. So uh, I don't know. I mean, big total for the Leafs. We weren't really on Toronto when these two teams played last. Are Have you kind of changed your tune on them or are you going to a more with no Pedersen? Oh no, I'm going right back to I'm going to Toronto. Okay. Like we were we weren't on them the last game because we were time zone touting, remember? <laughs> so uh it doesn't really apply uh in this game. And if even if you look at that game, like Toronto pretty much ran them over. Like uh sometimes you run into a good goaltender, those things happen. I mean, they matched the Horvat, if I'm not mistaken, it was the Horvat, yeah, Horvat, Vertan, and Pearson. Match them pretty much all. Match the Marner Thornton Matthews line pretty much all game, and the, and that line had over seventy percent expected goals here. Um, the thing with Thornton, I want to mention Thornton. Um, he did. He only played one shift in the third period on Thursday. Uh, only played eleven and a half minutes total. Now <laughs> that was a back to back, and he's like forty four years old. Uh, so maybe they were just giving him a little bit of a rest. Uh, but Zach Hyman jumped up and played a fair amount of minutes on that top line. So uh, just be aware of that and warm up uh, in case they change something. Maybe Thornton's out. Uh, that You know, if Zach Hyman's on the top line, um, Toronto one's probably my favorite line of the whole night. Um, so that's just one thing to watch for. But I, I, like, I'm just going right back to Toronto here, especially with Pedersen out. There's no one, there's no line that can defend um, Toronto. Like there's just not, I'm sorry. Vancouver is just one of the worst defensive teams in the league and they're missing probably their best two-way center. Like I like Horvat, but I think Pedersen's got a little bit of an edge on him. And either way, you're moving JT Miller to center. And that's just, you know, with, with Besser and Hoglander who are probably both below average defensively, there's just nothing to worry about matchup wise. So I'm going right back to Toronto one. Um, the thing I want to mention is in that game was that John Tavares jumped up on the top power play unit the entire game. So like, I think like Toronto one probably could be popular. We have Austin Matthews at 24% right now in our latest ownership run, but you know, a Matthews Tavares uh, Thornton 
uh, Riley stack would be super uncommon. Like there won't be a lot of people double centering Matthews and Thornton, I don't think. So if you're worried about Toronto one ownership, um, I, I think double center with Thornton and Tavares is one way to get different or sneaking in Hyman uh, if he's there um, at warmups. On the Vancouver side, I don't have anything. I have like I think I have some one-off like Hoglander or some one-off um, Nate Schmidt, but that's pretty much it. I like with Elias Pedersen out and with Toronto playing the way they've had pretty much all year, they've had an extra day's rest. Um, this seems like it's going to be a Toronto game. And like they don't take a lot of penalties anyway. Um, and we usually stack Vancouver for their power play, plus no Pedersen. Like, there's just too many red flags for me. Yeah, I, I'm. this kind of stinks because I really wanted this. Like, I wanted Pedersen to play and go back to the spot. But uh, with him out, like, it's just not as appealing for the Vancouver side. Low total for them. I think if I'm going to play Vancouver, it would be some sort of power play stack. I, I just don't have much confidence in their full, like, in their um, even strength line. So, you get Pearson on the top power play, I guess. Uh, you could go to either of these, you know, top two. They're relatively cheap. But, yeah, this is going to be more about Toronto, uh, Matthews Marner. And it's amazing how we're talking about Zach Hyman being such a such an upgrade over, you know, the next guy that we're expecting to be on line one with Matthews and Marner. But that's really the case. I mean, that line's been awesome at five on five. Not that the Thornton – like, with Thornton there, they haven't been. But, uh, like – I just feel better. Like I'd feel better about playing a 5k Zach Hyman at low ownership as a low owned trio than chalk Thornton at 4k. If that makes yeah, sense. Can I just say one thing about that? Like, yeah. I, I think that winger kind of changes the way they play, right? Cause Zach Hyman and Joe Thornton are diametrically opposed as hockey players, right? Like Thornton is very slow, very methodical. Use your body, take space. Um, you know, make five, six, seven passes to make the play. Hyman's not that guy, right? Like Hyman's more of a grinder, you know, chip, you know, chip the puck, pass somebody, go get it, that type of thing. So I think, you know, playing with Thornton, I think that might slow down Marner's and Matthews, Marner and Matthews. Like it might, they're still a great line, but they just play to a slower pace. And I think Hyman being there might make them play at a higher pace. Like that's just kind of a bit of conjecture, but I think it would make sense when you just look at the types of players that Hyman and Thornton are. Yeah. We got another super chat from our boy Clayton, $5 as always. Uh, thanks again, Clayton. He said, when stacking an expensive line, uh, what is the best way to avoid getting funneled into an easily duplicated lineup? That is a really awesome question. Uh, what would you say there, Cliffy? Uh, if you, if you're not using our leverage tool on the top stacks tool on the site, cause I think that's, that's really helpful. Cause like, you know, Vegas two last night, one of our chalky stacks and, and that ended up being true. So um, if you can't do that, uh, the one thing I would do, like if, if you're just someone watching the show and you're, and you're just trying to get your feet wet with NHL, go to, you know, go to Osmo.com, go to our lineup builder, check the implied goal totals and look for cheap lines from teams with high implied goal totals. So, uh, tonight, uh, Vegas, 3.5, uh, one of the bigger totals uh, on the slate. Uh, Vegas, two. if you look at their salary, hasn't come up, still at 12900 It's a pretty good bet they're going to be a chalky line, right? Yep. So I think, like, if you don't have access to our top stacks tool, the quick shortcut to avoid, uh, 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 you know, a chalky filler stack is to look for the cheap lines on, an, on high implied goal total teams and then avoid those. Yeah. And I think just as a general lineup construction 
not rule, but like a guideline. When you're playing a team like Boston one, you kind of know who the four or five top lines are uh, that people are going to pair with them. And so if you want, like, it's fine if you want to play them or you want to play like a two man of them. That was something I experimented with. I like the full stack, but I also like not being duped. And so you can play, you know, five forwards that are going to be together, take one guy off and maybe go with like a punt forward and similar defenseman. And that would be a decent way to avoid getting completely duped. Now you might be a one V one or two V two away, but that's a lot better than splitting a, a top heavy prize where like you want to win the 50 K you don't want to split it with four or five. For the best TV viewing experience, witness the coziest maroons, the most vibrant and brightest moons, the eeriest and darkest tombs and radiant and vivid hues in any type of room with the Neo QLED and OLED TVs by Samsung. We're supposed to say Samsung, but that didn't rhyme, so <laughs> you're welcome. Samsung, more wow than ever. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Other people, uh, it would be a nice cash, but again, long-term, if you're playing DFS day in and day out, you don't want to be duping uh, in a sport like NHL very often. So, um for example, like if you're going to a really expensive line, I should do like Toronto three a little bit. Um, what, like some sort of two man Mickey of, if it is Hyman, uh, Engvall, Hyman, Engvall, Mickey of whatever. Um, there's a lot of cheap two mans that I think are viable if you're willing to dip down to those third lines and you're playing a really expensive, uh, you know, main stack. Anything else in the Toronto Vancouver game? Yeah, I just want to mention Demko. Uh, don't mind using him in net because I think most of the time if Van- when Vancouver wins this game without Pedersen, it's probably because of Demko, not because they outscored, you know, because they blew the doors off the Leafs. Josh says, can always just stack Nchushkin against your goalie like Jake. Yeah, uh, I did I do that last night? I probably did. I, I think <laughs> I global swapped. I global swapped someone to, and he was the only $2,500 winger. He was the first one I saw that uh was playing so i don't know was i play- i must have been playing against gibson or um <laughs> yeah they, they played they played anaheim again last yeah. night so yeah i'm sure i did that that'll, that'll happen sometimes you get lazy uh but anyways let's go to columbus dallas 2.4 implied total for the jackets 2.8 for the stars corpus Allo and odinger going for the stars is it Dennis Giryanov night? They're looking pretty popular. It's only a 2.8 implied total. I haven't looked at them in the top stacks specifically, but I'm pulling them up right now. I'm assuming they're going to be one of the lower leverage lines uh, or negative leverage lines. Uh, let's see. Yeah, I mean, actually, right now the highest or the, the, the second worst uh, leverage on the slate right now when you compare their top two stack percentage to their ownership share. They are chalky. They are valuable. Uh, is the value overrated here? Or are you liking the matchup for Dallas one? I, 
I don't really think it's a great matchup for Dallas one. Like I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say don't play Gurianov. I actually do have a fair amount of Gurianov myself, but I mean, it's more or less because he's on the top line for 4,100. The thing is like Dallas is heavily reliant um, on power plays for scoring. Their five on five scoring has not been very good this year. They've done most of their damage um, with the man advantage. Uh, and Columbus is one of the least penalized teams in the NHL, if not the least, uh, pe- yeah, the least penalized team in the NHL. Um, I think in the game they played a couple nights ago, I think there's only two or three power plays between both teams the entire game. Um, so that's the problem is that it's actually the problem for both top lines here, right? Because with Dallas, you want them to get those power plays because they are correlated for the most part, I think Gurianov got moved off last game for Robertson at, on one power play, but I'm not sure if that's going to last. Um, they are correlated um, and they are relatively cheap. Like it's a decent spot, but they just won't. I don't think they get it, that many power plays. And then on the Columbus side, they don't draw that many penalties. Um, they're one of the least. Uh, they're one of the teams with the least amount of power play opportunities on the season. So, like, I'd like you know, I was on. Columbus won uh, last game, and I'm probably going to have a share or two of them again this game because they're going to come in so low owned. But that's only, you know, on the off chance that they do get four or five power plays here because I think that's their only real chance of having a GPP winning uh, score. You need to get line A on those power plays. <laughs> like he's not a massive five on five goal scorer, especially um, in this lineup. So, um, I, I, I'm just going to go in with Dallas and like one of the ways that I'm going to try to get different um, is probably like I see even Haskinen and Klingberg have similar ownerships. I think Haskinen probably comes in um, a little bit lower because he hasn't done anything this year. But um, like I just I really like the I really like both top lines like kind of. It's, it's hard to explain why I don't like – I just don't like both top lines because I think it's a bad matchup on both sides. Um, but I will have some of both if you get what I'm saying. It's because, like, if Dallas can get those four or five power plays, I think it could be a huge night for them. If Columbus can get those four or five power plays, it could be a huge night for them. But it's just not likely that they're, those power plays are going to happen. So it's why I'm really tamping down my expectations. So I do have a little bit of both top lines, but I'm not super excited about it. It's more – uh, one of those long shot plays in case they get the power plays. Yeah, Josh really put me on blast in the chat. He said uh, he forgives me, but I did play some Valnishufkin against uh, against Gibson. So apologies. That's uh, in bad taste. Don't do that on big slates. But uh, sometimes I break my own rules. So yeah, Josh, uh, call me out uh, as he should. In this game, look, I, 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 I think doubt like. It's one of those things in this game where if you're a believer in Columbus one, like it sounds like you are long-term, you kind of just got to be in on them. If you're going to make a handful of lineups, um, even in these bad spots, like I, I do this with lines all the time where I'll just have, you know, 5% or 8% of a line when they're going to be one, 2% in a tough spot. Um, and if you, you know, it's going to even out long-term, if you're going to be right on the line, like they're going to have a uh, GPP winning performance. So they're pretty cheap um are cheap enough like you can't pair them with the other top line so that's why they're getting completely squeezed out in the ownership talking about columbus one dallas one i i think i'm going to be below the field on dallas one i it's hard for me to stomach this ownership i i think it could be a good line um but a little bit too much value 
uh, pushing their ownership up a little bit to, to a spot where I'm not that comfortable playing 15% owned or 13% owned Dallas one with a 2.8 implied total. Um, looks like Dallas switched up their lines. I mean, is FAXA not going to be with uh, Como and Cagliano? Cause that's been a pretty good shutdown line and I'm seeing them not together right now on my screen. Are you seeing something else? I mean, they moved Kurianov off the top line um, in the last game, if I'm not mistaken. He got pushed down uh, to the second line. But um, I was looking at um, Stars, Stars' lines this morning were Ben Pavelski, Gurianov. Uh, Faxo, Faxo was actually on the fourth line. Um, Cogliano, Dickinson, and Como was the third line. So you're right. Yeah, that weird. might make Columbus a little bit of a better target. Yeah, I would definitely like Columbus one a little bit better. I mean, it's radic facts, but like, can't argue with the number. That line's had really good uh, expected goals against numbers going back to the start of last season, and they've kept it up this year. And they like to match them against opposing top competition when they're on home ice. So I think I'm a, a little bit more interested in Columbus than I was about, you know, a minute ago. But that's not to say that I'm going to be, you know, loading up my crunches with 20, 30% Columbus one. Anyone on the blue line here? Hiskinen, 4,200, you believe her there? Yeah, Hiskinen's the guy I'm looking at. Ice time is coming up, um, 22.45 in his first 10, um, 24.30 in his last 10 or, you know, around that. So Hiskinen's my guy. I think Hiskinen is the one-off guy. I think if I'm stacking um, Dallas, like three-man stacking the top line, I'm putting in Klingberg because he's more of a playmaker. If I just want a one-off one of the defensemen, it's Haskinen. All right. Uh, I agree with that. I was getting to a bunch of him my first few crunches. Really quick, we are running behind somehow. We're only through half the slate, and we got about 22, 23 minutes left. But in YouTube uh, chat, Jenna says uh, she played the first hockey lineup yesterday, won uh, $10 in single entry, played six players from one team. That is called the Josh Stack. So congrats there. Hopefully, sounds like it was a good experience with your first run with the Josh Stack. Use it sparingly, but uh, good stuff there. Always like to see that. Let's go to the Ducks and the Avs. 2.1 applied total for Anaheim, 3.4 for the Avs. Ryan Miller and Hunter Miska are your expected goalies. We don't think McKinnon is going to play tonight. Sounds like he's out through the weekend, which would include today. Late scratch last night. I really like Colorado one, though. They looked, I mean, they were good last night at five on five. Maybe it was because they're chasing, you know, uh, Ducks got up pretty early. Let's say you on Colorado one. I really, really like them. I don't like them as much. Oh, no. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to say don't play them. What concerns me is, like, Kadri is a good player. The reason the top line for Colorado works so well is McKinnon is a top three offensive player in hockey. Like, it's just just a simple fact. Um, Kadri is a good player, but he's not anywhere close to their level. Uh, add to the fact that they changed up, like I'm assuming that Burakovsky is going to stay on the top power play because he was there all last game, but they changed up the top line too, right? Like Burakovsky was moved to the top line with uh, Landis Gog moved down to the second line. So we already have some uncertainty with the Colorado top six. Like they're all probably going to play on the power play together anyway. So, um, you know, you can just power play stack and probably get away with it. Uh but, like, I think Anaheim's – I don't want to say they're turning the corner, but 
I've, I'm, their younger players are starting to play better. Like Lundstrom has looked decent. I, these, I dare I say good. Do, do I say that an Anaheim Ducks player has actually looked good? Uh, Ricard Raquel has looked better than he did. Like Anaheim just like, they seem like a pushover, but I'm not really sure that they are. Uh, so I'm actually more leaning towards the Anaheim side, like going back to some two man duos, like Henrik and Silverberg is one of those duos that I really like playing Silverberg played 21 minutes last night like they're they're really starting to lean hot on him a little bit uh and they both play they both play together on the same power play so I'm going back to Henry uh and Silverberg uh Raquel and Zegris like Raquel has been pretty consistently playing 18 to 20 minutes a night um don't mind playing them but for me I think this game is this game for me is about getting in the cheap guys to fit in my more expensive stacks elsewhere cuz I'm way in more on Toronto and Edmonton than I am on Colorado like that's just the way it is for me tonight I I just I don't see the value there without Nathan McKinnon even though you're saving $3500 going down to Nazem Kadri I just think it's too steep a drop uh in talent I like I wouldn't get mad at anybody like People are going to play them, and people should play them because Kadri's still a good player. They're all still correlated together. Anaheim, like they're better, but that doesn't mean they're necessarily good. Uh, so I like I'm not going to say you you're an idiot for playing Colorado one. It's just they're not in my mix personally here tonight. Fair enough. Yeah, I mean I think the the reasoning is sound. It's definitely a downgrade offensively. Whether or not the price uh, makes sense for each individual person is going to be the question. But uh, and you know them potentially going with Kadri instead of Landis God could also present an issue pregame skate. They're probably all going to be together on the power play. So you're a little bit saved um, whichever way they end up going. I, I like the third line also for Colorado. Um, I'm, I'm not really on the ducks here. Max Jones line two with Henrik and Silverberg last night. They've been taking guys in and out of the lineup like the whole season so there's probably going to be some random scratch that we don't even know about someone being put into the ducks lineup. Uh, this game does not lock right at lock time. So just be aware of what's going on there. Um, McDonald played 20 minutes last night for the abs. If you're looking for a $2,800 defenseman, Gerard and Devin Taze, 4,900 and 5,300 both played 28 minutes. Gerard almost 29 last yeah. night. So yeah, and once a minute eaters, those are your guys. Yeah. And Ryan Graves was down to 17. So I think he's pretty much off the board for us now. Yeah. That's frustrating. Cause I, I really would want to play him for 4,400 here uh, with no Makar still. What about Manson on the other side? 2,500 bucks. Oh, shop absolutely. Block shop block machine. Yep. I like the call. We'll get him in the projections uh, after uh, I get off the show and update everything. All right, let's go to the Blues and the Kings. Three implied total for the Blues, 2.5 for the Kings. Bennington and likely Jonathan Quick. It was Cal Peterson last night. I'm seeing Tarasenko. Uh, this is how excited people are right now. The, the line where we uh, get our site, uh, I'm sorry, the site where we get our lines from, they've got Tarasenko listed on both the first and the second line. So he's not going to be playing on two lines, but he is going to be making a season debut he is $2,500. He's expected, I think, to be on the Shen Peron line uh, and also likely top power play duties. How do you treat a situation like this? We've had a few, um, but usually it's with a cheap defenseman that's you know just mispriced. We've got a mispriced, uh, very good scoring winger making his debut 
uh, on a team with a pretty good spot here. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure our cash game players would say otherwise, but I don't know how you build a cash game lineup without him in the lineup tonight. Like, yeah. seems pretty safe. Like, even if they want to ease him in, he's playing on the second line top power play. He's still easing him in would still be 16, 17 minutes. You know what I mean? So um, you're right about about playing with Shen and Perron. Um, he had been practicing with them uh, in practice. And I think that's why they brought Nathan Walker up is they didn't want to disturb the chemistry of the rest of the line. So they just threw in Nathan Walker uh, until Tarasenko was ready. So it seems a good bet that he's going to play with Shen uh, and Perron. What I wonder is if, if it's going to draw the Kopitar matchup from the Kings, right? Because um, he did match up, if I'm not mistaken, they matched up last night, uh, Ryan O'Reilly up against the Kopitar line. Uh, and that pushed the Shen Perron line against Carter, which is a much better matchup. But with Tarasenko back, I'm wondering how that might change things. So I think at this point, with Tarasenko's price, you just can't be worried about the matchup. Like if you can stack his line at 15K on his first night back with the three implied goal total, like regardless of matchup, you just do it. So I'm putting in quite a bit of St. Louis here just because you can fit him in with, you know, the more reasonably priced lines, you know, like uh, Winnipeg Power Play or or San Jose or something like that. So I do like that St. Louis second line. Um, I am expecting Tarasenko top power play because Oscar Sundqvist um, had been on the top PP unit, but it looks like he might be out tonight. So I I can't imagine they're going to take out, take Sundqvist off the power play and put somebody like, uh, you know, Sammy Blay there or something like that. Maybe they put Hoffman, but I doubt it. So, uh, yeah, so what, is out. Yeah, what is they're that? saying he's a game time decision. Oh, okay. I didn't catch that one. All right. Yeah. Sweet. So, uh, you, you know, if he's out and off the power play, it seems pretty easy to just put Tarasenko in, um, not necessarily in his role, but definitely in the spot. So, yeah, this is about St. Louis, too, for me. I'm not really high uh, on the Kings because I, you know, I wouldn't want to take the, the top line uh, going into that matchup for St. Louis. The second line has been good, but they're not really high event. And Tarasenko coming back actually gives them two pretty solid top defensive lines now. So I'm more or less out on the Kings altogether uh, here tonight. I think the one thing I would do is power play stack them because the Blues do take a lot of penalties. Uh, the Kings do generate a lot of power plays. They actually have the fourth most power plays in the league this year per game. Uh, so if you want to stack Kings power play, I'm fine with that, but I'm mostly off them and I'm mostly on the blues, specifically Shen, Perron, Tarasenko. Uh, you can throw in like Krug if you want or whatever, but I think it's fine leaving a defenseman off your stack. Yeah, I think it's fine. Uh, throwing on Krug or not, uh, just up to you. Uh, Don at 32, uh, 3,100. It's also a guy we're going to, I'm going to be targeting again. I'm sure you'll have a couple in your 20. Um, but yeah, with, with this situation with Tarasenko, like it's not that big of a deal. Like if I was playing a bunch of three, two ones and I was getting Tarasenko as like my one every single time, then yeah, I would probably limit him. Cause I just don't think you should ever be that overexposed to someone. Um, if you wanted to go all in on a player, like I get why someone would want to do that. He's never going to be this cheap probably for the rest of his career. Uh, it is a pretty good spot. He's, you know, he's like a six, $5,500 player in this spot, I would say just throwing a number out there, but like you get the point. He's a guy who attempts a ton of shots, uh, playing top power play and playing on a pretty good line. So fully correlated as well. Like there, there's just almost nothing bad to say about Tarasenko besides, 
uh, his ownership, which is going to be pretty high, but you know, that going into it, you can still play the stack. Peron and Chen are not going to be, you know, 50% owned. They might be 10 to 12%, but I'm okay with that. Uh, Sunquist being out probably, or potentially being out probably takes me off St. Louis three. I don't have much on the King side. If you wanted to take a stab at, you know, one of their top six, then that's fine. But, uh, certainly not a, uh, priority for me. Anything else here? Uh, no, nah, that's it for me. All right, let's go to, oh boy, Calgary and Edmonton. Oh, we've only got two more games. All right, cool. Calgary, Edmonton, three implied total for the Flames, 3.3 for the Oilers. Markstrom and Mike Smith. Markstrom returning uh, after being out for a while. I believe this is his first game back. Uh, I'm not I'm not sure. It, it doesn't matter. Vegas yeah, totals are what matter. Is it his first game back? Yeah. All right, cool. Tough first game back, uh, especially with the lines that Calgary has working for them right now. Uh, talk about McDavid here. I mean, going to be one of the more popular plays of the slate. His line's back together. Uh, what are you doing here? I mean, he's easily my favorite player of the whole slate. Like, I mean, it's obvious. Like, whoa, I like Connor McDavid. It's like, okay. But uh, the specific reason here tonight is Calgary more or less had these lines uh, in a road game in Edmonton back on February 20th. And the way that the matchup worked in that game was Nugent Hopkins, McDavid, and Pugliarvi went out against the Godreau-Lindholm line. Uh, and if McDavid and Pugliarvi go out against the Godreau line again here tonight, they are just absolutely going to throttle them. Like, Godreau, Monaghan, whomever, have not been good defensively at all this year. And that top line for Edmonton has just been an absolute buzzsaw. Obviously, one of the best offensive lines in the league. So um, absolutely love the Edmonton top line here tonight. Love the pricing. Uh, you know, even Ryan Nugent Hopkins, reasonable at 7K. Uh, Nugent Ho- or Puliarvi, sorry, down to 4,200. So like they're expensive, but it's not like Boston won 24K plus expensive. Like you can actually still fit in a decent secondary stack with them. Um, don't, you know, if you want to throw in like dry side or whatever for some additional power play exposure, I don't, uh, don't hate that. Just watch the power play because they didn't have one last game and they changed up at that fourth forward all the time. So we don't necessarily know who it's going to be. I'm just all in on, I'm pretty heavy on Edmonton tonight. They're going to be my heaviest exposure and it probably won't even be close. I don't really have much for Calgary. Uh, If anything, it would be that Calgary second line because they're going to get a lot of that Dreisaitl Yamamoto line and they've been pretty pretty bad defensively. So Lindholm, Kachuk, and Dubé. I'm not going to mouth Dylan Dubé again. I've learned my lesson. So if you want to use a Calgary line, I would probably use them because they're going to get a better matchup. But for me, this game's all about Edmonton 1. Yeah, Dubé, great player, as we were saying a couple nights ago before <laughs> the goal outing there. Um, I, I mean, maybe they, maybe that line turns it around. So I'm willing to take some stabs on Kachuk, Lindholm, and Dubé. I, I don't feel great about it because it looks like they're getting 7-8% uh, aggregate ownership. Um, but they're going to get the better matchup against the dry sidle Cahoon Yamamoto line, which has been really poor defensively. Uh, not really in on Edmonton too, uh, as, uh, like a priority line. I think I'd much rather just try to get dry sidle, uh, in a power play one stack for Edmonton. So it is an eight game slate, but I'm going to have some Edmonton onslaughts with their top guys. I'm looking for some cheap two mans elsewhere. Cause I think I'm going to have some five man Edmonton power play stacks, Real tough spot for Markstrom to come back. Uh, he's probably going to see a lot of volume. He's 7,300. So if you wanted to one-off a goalie, maybe get some leverage on uh, the Edmonton chalk, that's fine. But 
I would feel very comfortable if Edmonton one was my highest exposed. Uh, don't just leave off pull Yarvi just to leave him off either. Like 4,200, this guy can score, especially playing on this line. This line has elite five on five numbers. Um, so if you wanted to leave him off and you could get up to dry sidle, um, then that that's perfectly fine. But I wouldn't just be like, yeah, you got to leave off pull Yarvi at, at 4,200. He's priced way down from where he was even like a week ago. Um, and he'll be the lowest owned guy on Edmonton one. So yeah, if, if they go up against the Goudreau line, they're going to just smash them. So just whether or not they score the goals and this McDavid guy, he's pretty good at scoring them. I hear. Yeah. I I would bet on him scoring. Yeah. James Neal. Is he going to play power play one or is it chase on? Do you know? know. They didn't have a power play last game. So what their power play looks like, we don't know. Okay. Yikes. Um, Usually you can go to those guys for salary relief, but if you want to do a, a fun little trick on FC, you could just put, pull Yarby uh, as your power play one guy and just five man it with McDavid, Nugent Hopkins, pull Yarby, Dreisaitl and Tyson Berry. If you could fit that, I, I think you could probably do it. You just got to get real punty elsewhere. Um, so that's something I might consider doing in some of my lineups as well. But yeah, Edmonton won. This looks to me like the spot. I can't really argue against anything on the, the Connor McDavid uh, front. I like them better than, Colorado, I like them better than uh, Toronto. They're they're the best play, I think. Um, I, I'm not even sure it's really that close. You can make a case for Toronto, I think. But, uh, yeah, this looks like the spot. Maybe you can make a case for Vegas. We'll get to it. Uh, you got anything else in the Edmonton nope. game? No, nope, that's it for me. All right, last game of the night. Just want to remind everyone, we do have free NHL projections. If you want to check those out, get a peek behind the paywall. Um with the premium subscription, you would get those projections, ownership projections, top stack tool that we've been referring to. The lineup builder that I used to go through uh, the slate every day, hand build some lineups there. You can export directly from there, DraftKings or FanDuel. And then premium Slack. Uh, premium Slack, 99% of the time, you're going to get some really good uh, hockey talk. You'll get some other conversations in there. But uh, that's just the law of large numbers is what I'm going to say. So uh, Slack is really good. The NHL community that we've built up in our Slack is awesome. A lot of people helping each other out. Sharp uh, content providers, sharp subscribers. It's a really good mix of people and uh, people that will help you out. Like no one's going to get mad at you for asking a noob question like that. You know, we want to see more people playing NHL DFS. We want to grow it. So uh, people will be nice to you in there. Good reason to join, get some, uh, late breaking news and avoid you taking some zeros, which there were a handful of them last night given out Vegas, San Jose, 3.5 implied total for the golden Knights, 2.4 for the sharks. It is going to be flurry tonight. We thought he was going last night. It was Oscar Dansk, uh, <laughs> who was doing his best to blow a big lead late. Dubnik for the sharks. He came in in relief of party Marty uh, last night. I mean, how do you think this one's going to go? More of the same, Vegas, uh, as much Vegas as you can get? Yeah, I'm in on Vegas too, again. And again, I'm going to do, like, try to mix up different stacks, like take out Marshall and put in Tuck, or take out Riley Smith and put in Tuck, um, that type of thing, because I think Vegas too will be popular again here tonight. Um, but the thing is, is, like, San Jose 1 is going to match against Vegas 1. Um, I, you know, we saw Vegas – I mean, the only reason Max Pacioretty got there last night is because Dansk was an idiot. So, like, like I'm not – like, I think it's a tough matchup for 
both top lines. So like, I'm just going to be out on those both top lines. I'm in on Vegas too. Like San Jose too, 37.7% expected goal share this year. Dylan Gambrell is not a good center. Rudolph Balsers is a spare part winger. Timo Meyer is good, but he can't do it all alone. Um, I think it's a great matchup for the Vegas second line. Um, the thing was San Jose put Ryan Donato back on the top power play unit. Like I would have had some interest in San Jose too, but Ryan Donato is back on the top power play unit. So now there's no player on San Jose two that's on the top power play. Like, I think there's just too much value lost there, like to go for anything more than a one-off Meyer or one-off balls or something like that. Like, I just don't think I would stack it. Um, Devin Dubnik in net, like, depending on what stat you look at, he's probably the worst goalie in hockey. Um, goals saved above – goals saved above expected. Um, over the last three years, he's dead last by a lot. Like, it's not even close to season last. So, like I said, there's a good argument he's the worst goalie in hockey. So, uh, whether you – if you want to use the Vegas top line, I'm not going to say no. They'll probably get more minutes, you know, power lines, share the power play, all that stuff. I just think that Vegas second line is just in a wonderful matchup against the San Jose second line uh, against Devin Dubnik. They're cheap enough where I can, you know, I can go put them in with my Toronto ones and stuff like that. And I think I I can make enough. uh, I can differentiate enough elsewhere uh, where I'm not super concerned about stacking the chalk on top of the chalk. Um, You know, I can double center Toronto. I can throw on Alex Tuck for Vegas, those types of things. So uh, Vegas two for me out of this game. Yeah, I like going right back to um, Vegas, top line, second line. I, I usually try to get to the top line, but the price is going to be a big difference between the, the top two. So two-man Pacioretty Stone, one of my favorite two-mans. It's expensive. It's like the Debrinkat Kane, a little le- a little bit cheaper uh, than, than Debrinkat Kane was last night, but same sort of thing. Like those are the guys that are going to score more often than, I, uh, than not when that line is cooking. I mean, I know Stevenson scored one last night. Uh, so the full stackers got there. I, I'm, I'm a full stacker myself, so I don't say that, uh, you know, to be like, you can't full stack a team with, or a line with full power play correlation. You certainly can put in Stevenson for 4,300. Um, it's just crazy to me that this line is almost not always, but a lot of the time the, uh, stone line is, uh, less popular than Vegas too. And I know it's a price thing, but, uh, I try to get to as much Vegas one as possible, and then I will say on the San Jose side, as bad as Dubnik has been, I'm probably going to have some full San Jose one with Burns and Dubnik. Um, I, like, I just think that line continues to impress me and uh, they are fully correlated. They're cheap enough. Um, they're going to play a lot of minutes. And yeah, I mean, if, if that line's going to go off, might as well have the goalie in there if he gives up two or three you're probably not even dead for 6,900 because he's going to see some volume. So if he can just not be uh, as terrible, maybe he gets a chance to get a win here. I mean, that's one thing I wanted to mention too, is like, this is a blood feud, right? Like there are two, these are two teams that absolutely hate each other. There were nine power plays in the game last night. So if you want to power play stack the sharks in the anticipation that they get a bunch of power plays again here tonight, absolutely no issues with that. You're right. The top lines look great this year. Yeah, so like me some San Jose 1, hoping the ownership is uh, in check, and it looks like it is right now. All right, that's going to wrap it up for us. Thank you, everybody, for joining all 240-plus of you right now. Big crowd for Saturday. Thanks, everybody, for watching. 
if you want, uh, you know, if you miss part of the show, if you want to listen to us in the car or while you're doing some yard work, if it's nice by you, we're going to have everything up on podcast. We'll upload all of our strategy shows on podcast. So if you go to osmo.com slash podcast, you can see all of our different channels, our main channel. Um, and you can find us on Apple, Spotify, wherever you would like to listen to your pods. Uh, everything will be updated throughout the rest of the night. If you got any questions, hit me and Cliffy up in Slack. Josh will be in Slack, I'm sure, uh, trolling me uh, about my Val Nishushkin one-offs against my Ryan Miller shares tonight. But uh, good luck, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. And uh, Cliffy and Josh will break it down for you guys tomorrow, same time. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.